0: Welcome to the San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Totten. San Diego County Sheriff Bill Gore's career came to a close earlier this month when he retired after 51 years in law enforcement. Gore is a graduate of the University of San Diego. In 1970, he went to work for the FBI, rising to assistant director of the organization before serving as sheriff for the past 12 years. Gore has said his proudest accomplishment in office was managing a change in the correctional system that allowed low-level offenders to remain in local jails rather than go to prison. He's also been criticized for inmate jail deaths and disproportionately high stops, searches, and use of force against people of color. Kelly Davis is a freelance journalist whose work appears in the San Diego Union-Tribune, The Voice of San Diego, The Guardian, and other outlets, She joins me to talk about Gore's legacy and the biggest issues the next sheriff will have to tackle. Kelly, welcome.
1: Hi, Christy. Thanks for having
0: me. So Sheriff Gore retired several months earlier than expected uh, on February 3rd. Incidentally, this was the same day a pretty scathing auditor's report came out. Was that a coincidence or do we know why he retired early?
1: well he he has said that his wife is ill and he would like to spend more time with her. but you know it it certainly was a a coincidence to see this report, the auditor's report which which gore was aware that it was coming out um you know come being released the same day that he he retired and and it was followed closely you know less than a week later by. A pretty big class action lawsuit over jail conditions. So, um, so yeah. So he he has said he'd like to take better care of his wife. You know, uh, she's not doing well. But but the timing uh, definitely raises some questions.
0: Yeah, let's talk about uh, Sheriff Gore's legacy. I definitely want to talk more about um,
1: that report. But I mean, what would you say are the highlights of his career? Well, I I think uh, he got a lot of attention um, with the Chelsea King, Um, Chelsea King was a young woman who uh, she was in uh, 17 I think 16 or 17 she went missing up in the Rancho Bernardo area, Uh, it ends up you know we later found out she was uh, murdered by a man named john Gardner but uh, gore was kind of the face of that search for Chelsea King, he was giving daily updates. He was, he was in close contact with her family. And so he was the one who had to tell her family and tell the public that Chelsea's body was found. And he, he really got a lot of praise for, for how well he, he handled that whole situation. Um, You know, and a couple other things he did, uh, you know, he, he was known as a crime fighter and he would, he would say, you know, in public forums, that he liked to go out and get the bad guys. So, as sheriff, he created um, the uh, cold case forensic team for the sheriff's department, and he also created a a sex crimes unit. Well, and and you know,
0: opposite to that, what would you say are some of the low light lights or problems
1: that have plagued his administration? So, yeah, so I've, I've been writing about deaths in San Diego jails since 2013. So that would be, you know, three or four years after he assumed the role of sheriff. And so this was I was at another publication called City Beat at the time, and uh, I was working with a guy named Dave Moss, and we really dug in to the numbers, we got data from every large county jail system in California, we got their um, their death numbers, their average daily population in the jail. And then you could calculate those two um, data sets and kind of figure out the mortality rate. And what we found was that San Diego jails had the highest mortality rate of of, uh, California's large jail systems. Uh, I continue reporting on the issue. I teamed up with the U.T.'s Jeff McDonald in 2019 for another look at, at jails and things had not changed. Um, in fact they've they've gotten worse more people have died and a lot of lawsuits have been filed a lot of large uh, multi-million dollar settlements going to families whose loved ones died in jail and last year in 2021 uh, the sheriff's department hit a new sad record for jail deaths it was uh, 18 people who died in 2021 and this is despite uh, the jails having fewer people in custody due to uh, COVID-19.
0: That's a really astounding statistic that you just shared. You have been covering it all this time, as you've said. How has the sheriff responded
1: and why has this continued to go on? So it's, it's, it's kind of the, the same response that Dave Moss and I got back in 2013 was that you're doing, this, you're doing the numbers wrong, you're doing the calculations wrong, we don't have a problem but people continued to die and and what we always said was yeah the numbers are one thing you know and and the formula we used to calculate the mortality rate was the same as uh, the Federal Bureau of Justice Statistics uses the same methodology, and we'd actually consulted with them to say, "Are we doing this right?" And they said, "Yes, you are." And we've checked back with them: "Are we still doing this right?" Yes, you are. So, as as we've continued, you know, now that I'm working with Jeff McDonald, we've continued to to track the mortality rate, and it's 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 not decreased. And so the sheriff's department's response has always been, you know, you're, you're getting the numbers wrong um, instead of, you know, I've, I've, I've got, you know, Google search or uh, uh, the Google um, notifications set up for other uh, all throughout California, throughout the U.S. Whenever anyone dies in jail, I get a notification and I read that story and you see a lot of sheriff's departments saying, you know, after a particularly um, appalling death or a series of deaths, they'll say, they don't say, well, you're reporting it all wrong. They'll say, yeah, we screwed up there or um, yeah, we're gonna make some changes in response to this death. And the Sheriff's Department has just been really slow to to change or to admit there's a problem. And um, even with the state auditor's report that came out recently, instead of saying, okay, you've, I mean, it's the state auditor, they do a really good job on their reports, you know, instead of saying, okay, we're going to take what you said, we're going to reevaluate," um, evaluate they, they kind of, they attacked the messenger and they said that the auditor did it all wrong, you know, that they didn't use the right methodology, you know, which, which the auditor's um, office kind of shot down all those, uh, that, that criticism pretty quickly. So, so, yeah, the sheriff's department has just been really slow to, to admit that there is a problem, but, but clearly there is. I mean, the lawsuits and the payouts um, to families that, that alone right there, you know, speaks for itself.
0: Well, if the department is saying everyone is using the incorrect methodology and they have the correct formula, what do they think the numbers say and what is the story they're telling?
1: Well, the the story that they were telling back in 2013 was that they booked a disproportionately large number of people. And so if you look at their booking numbers and not their average daily population, so not so, so just look at how many people they book in a year and use that as your denominator. Don't look at how many people the jails hold. Um, and there's a there's an argument to be made that you could use that calculation, but in 2011 uh, the booking numbers for San Diego jails dropped significantly. So if you if your calculations include anything prior to 2011, then it'll look good for for San Diego jails. You know they have more people that they're booking. Um, but if you look at anything 2011, you know more recently when they're booking fewer people, then again they stand out as having a higher mortality rate. And you know, and I've talked to folks uh, about how San Diego jails compare to other jail systems. So Aaron Fisher, uh, he's one of the attorneys who filed the class action lawsuit last week uh, against the sheriff's department over jail conditions. Aaron, and this is his area of expertise. He's been involved in lawsuits over jail conditions throughout the state. And I, so I said, Aaron, like, what makes San Diego jails different? Or is this just, just kind of more of the same that you're seeing here in San Diego that you've seen elsewhere? And, and he told me, you know, this is his quote, you know, what is striking is that San Diego County jails stand on their own in the level of mistreatment of people and the sheer awfulness of the conditions it's a system that has been resistant to necessary and urgent changes, even as other jurisdictions recognize the need for change and have begun to act. So I just felt that was a pretty um, pretty, pretty harsh indictment against the the sheriff's department and kind of sums it up, this this lack of willingness to admit there's a problem and to make necessary changes. Yeah, that's really powerful.
0: And, you know, obviously this will be an issue that the next sheriff faces. Um, before we get into some of, uh, before we get into who the candidates are, what are some of the other big issues they'll have to tackle?
1: So uh, Jeff McDonald, he's done some great reporting on other issues with the sheriff's department. You know, they, they uh, in late December, uh, Jeff found that Bill Gore and Kelly Martinez, who is um he she was Gore's under sheriff. Uh, she's currently acting sheriff, and she's also running to be sheriff. Um, so Jeff found that, that Gore and, and Kelly Martinez used their influence to force uh, evictions. You know, there was an eviction moratorium during COVID when evictions started back up again, um, kind of up front in the front of the line where evictions of um folks from houses that either, you know, a house that was owned by Kelly Martinez's friends or another, an eviction took place uh, in a house right across the street from from where Gore lives. And so it looked like they, they had used their influence to force evictions that would benefit their friends. Um, You know, Jeff also reported on uh, there's a sheriff's captain named Marco Garmo, and he ended up being sentenced to two years in prison for illegal firearms sales. Uh, One of the guys who was charged with aiding and abetting Garmo was an honorary sheriff's deputy. And, um, you know, when Jeff initially brought this issue up to Gore, Gore disciplined Garmo and and kind of defended him saying no, oh, no, what he's doing is above board. it's okay but it ended up it wasn't okay. it was it was illegal. And as I mentioned you know, um, um, Garmo's now you know spending a couple of years in prison for these gun sales. And then um, I think everyone knows about the fentanyl video <laughs> where uh, Gore was kind of behind the making of this, video that suggested a deputy had passed out after touching uh some some fentanyl some powder fentanyl and uh that that you know the the video is a very dramatic um body cam footage of this deputy just kind of um falling over landing on his head but it ends up uh that you can't overdose from touching fentanyl. It's just like a medical fact. And it's something that experts in addiction have been trying to get across to police departments, because you can't can't overdose by touching fentanyl. Um, And if that belief is out there, then these deputies, police officers, they're going to be less likely to render aid to somebody who has overdosed, you know, because if they're thinking, I don't want to touch this stuff, I'm going to I'm going to OD on contact. They're going to stay away from those situations. But the truth is, you, you can you can rub fentanyl all over your hands and and nothing's going to happen to you. You're going to be fine. So so, yeah, that video was uh, kind of got made national news and Gore really dug his heels in on um, not wanting to admit that they. They got things really wrong there.
0: Well, you mentioned under Sheriff Kelly Martinez. There are three candidates running to replace Gore, uh, one being Martinez, two Dave Myers, a former Sheriff's Commander, and uh, finally John Hemmerling, an Assistant San Diego City Attorney. Just first talking about Martinez, she was named under Sheriff a year ago. She's the first woman to hold that position, and she's also been widely endorsed by you know big name Democratic politicians and others. What can you tell me about her and why is she so popular?
1: So, um, you know, I've spent a lot of time covering the sheriff's department. Um, Kelly Martinez's name never came up in any anything that I was looking into. Uh, You know, she was just not a name that I was familiar with. So it was a little surprising when Gore appointed her under sheriff, and then she had the Democratic Party (laughs) kind of not the party, but prominent Democratic elected officials. Lined up behind her and and you know, as we later found out, she had kind of only recently changed her uh, party registration from Republican to to Democrat. Um, We still don't know exactly what got her those uh, endorsements. I mean, certainly uh, in theory, it would be nice to have a Democrat uh, female sheriff but again, you know, I want to hear more from Martinez, you know, what she, she came out of nowhere. So what are her good ideas for, for reforming jails? You know, has she ever brought up any of these things, you know, when she was um, prior to being under sheriff? I do hear that she was kind of higher up in the, the department and participated in a lot of meetings, you know, did she see things that could be fixed? Um, and then i like to know more about, you know, what reforms she she plans to make um, if she's elected. And how about the other two candidates, Myers and Hemerling? What do we know about them? So Dave Myers, he's a former um, Sheriff's Department commander. He retired. Um, sorry, Dave, I'm not going to... Remember the exact year you retired, I think it was in 2016, um, 2017, um, and he ran against Gore in 2018. He's um, been very outspoken on the need for change. He does have big ideas. Um, he thinks we should take a more progressive approach to to jails, you know, reevaluate who we're booking and why we're booking them. you know, are there better options for folks with mental illness? Um, folks with addiction, you know, about uh, roughly a third of people who are booked into jail are on uh, some sort of medication for mental illness. And we know that even more people are not on a medication for mental illness. And so uh, David said he really wants to take a look at these issues and see if there's a, a better approach um, than just, you know, throwing folks in jail. And and how about Hemmerling? He is the currently he is in charge of the San Diego City Attorney's Criminal Division, and he's a former police officer. Uh, We haven't heard too much from him, though he has said that he wants to look into what's going on in the jails. He said that will be a priority issue for him. So um, I'm really hoping that, you know, before the primary, we have some um, some good candidate forums where we could hear more from Martinez hemeline and um, and Dave Myers.
0: Okay, so a new sheriff is going to be elected later this year, in november 2022. and in the meantime, right now the county is starting to look for an interim. Do we know who that
1: might be? We don't. So um, <laughs> so just quick background. Um, Gore was under sheriff under Bill Colander. and uh, when Colander retired early, he selected Gore as his, his, you know, successor, and the Board of Supervisors at the time um, appointed Gore sheriff. So when Gore officially ran for sheriff in, I believe it was uh, 2010, um, he already had the, you know, the title sheriff next to his name on the ballot. So, you know, he he definitely had an advantage. Uh, This time around, uh, when Gore retired early, there was concerns that the board of supervisors would appoint Kelly Martinez as acting or sheriff or interim sheriff, and that would give her an unfair advantage. But Martinez, to her credit, said she would not accept that appointment. Uh, but the board of supervisors also said, "Well, Nathan Fle- uh, Fletcher, who's the chair of board of supervisors, he said he didn't he would not support appointing anyone who is currently running for sheriff." to be uh interim sheriff so right now people who want to have that job until um you know january of or i think might have be december when the sheriff is actually um sworn in but um whoever wants that job for about a little less than a year uh they're sub- submitting their names to the uh The Board of Supervisors submitting their names to the county and then the board will will vote in March. So anybody, Christy, you could apply to be (laughs) sheriff for the next year. I could apply. You know, anyone could apply. So that will be really interesting to see if they choose somebody from law enforcement or maybe if they choose somebody who doesn't have a background in law enforcement but has expertise in addiction or mental illness, um, you know, it could be a, a chance to kind of see A different type of sheriff's department, Kelly. Anything else you
0: want to add about this race, or just other interesting aspects uh, of the sheriff's office that you're watching? I
1: I think a lot of people aren't quite sure what the sheriff does um, because most of us in San Diego County, we live in cities, and our cities have a police force. Um, You know, I'm in El Cajon; we have the El Cajon Police Department. You know, right now you're in. San Diego, there's the San Diego Police Department, Chula Vista Police Department. So the Sheriff's Department covers the unincorporated areas of San Diego or cities that don't have their own uh, police force. So like Santee, for example, that city does not have their own police force. Um, so I, I don't think there's been a lot of attention paid to the sheriff's department, who the sheriff is, what the sheriff does. You could say this for the entire U.S. Sheriffs have a lot of power. They can be very political. Um, we have a race with three, no incumbents, three brand new names. Um, so I think this will be a really interesting race. And I hope we'll have some good discussions on, on criminal justice reform and yeah, what what a sheriff's department could look like or should look like. Okay, Kelly
0: Davis, freelance journalist whose work appears in the UT. Thank you. Thanks, Christy.